it's now time for another episode of that other Masonic podcast. You know, not this one, not that one, that other Masonic podcast. And welcome back to another episode of that other Masonic podcast, Brother Jared Atkins. I'm Brother Todd Whaley. Coming to you from beautiful Bird's Eye, Indiana, Bethlehem Lodge number 574. They're in a beautiful town of Bird's Eye. That's right. <laughs> D Boys County. Uh, so we got a good episode here. Another fine. You're you're episode. all excited. Oh, yeah. Some more buddies here. Old buddy here. Yeah. No choice. I was 13 years old, I think. Backstreet Boys excited here. Not about that. <laughs> you got your homie on the podcast. Yeah. I don't have any of my homies on the podcast yet. And then your homie Blonde Lodge, as far as I know. I don't have any homies. There I'm you homeless. <laughs> well, you're your homo. I don't know. You're mine. Uh, go ahead. Introduce your uh, right. compadre. Tonight, tonight, I thought it would be a good episode because uh, I've known Troy since I was 13 years old when I first moved to Indiana. I met him just running around town back in the day with uh, old, everybody I ever met. And he became a mason outside of Tipton, which I thought was a sin, but he did anyway. How much trouble can you get into running around a town like Tipton? About as much as you can around Huntingburg. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my friend tonight, our, our uh, person tonight is uh, Brother Troy Clemens. Uh, Troy, what lodge did you end up joining? I never heard of which, what, what lodge you joined. I joined Western Star number 26, which is in Danville, Indiana. Oh, wow. I didn't know you were all out in Danville. He, dro- he joined a lodge called Western Star and used to be a diesel mechanic that worked on Western Stars. It's Very funny. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, Troy, if you ever listen to a podcast, you know I get interrupted a lot by Jerry. Hey, my so. show. Your show. Our show. Yeah, but... My job's to interrupt. <laughs> I know. And you're damn good at it, too. I am. It's a comedy <laughs> podcast. It's not a masonry podcast. So, Troy, I mean, I've known you, you know... We were around football, other sports. You were one of the best athlete, uh, student trainers we had in football. I know that. Yeah, we uh, played baseball together. Played back baseball together back in the day. We ran around, shot pool together. You know, went to high school together and everything. Yeah. Uh, what got you into Freemasonry, man? I mean, you were. Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what kept me from Freemasonry first, and <laughs> okay. then I'll get to the part that, that got me into it. That's kind of a a weird way to put this but right. so, so back in the late 90s uh, at the um, up in Tipton yep. I was uh, working part-time as a firefighter up there as well as a volunteer and, right. and everything and um, uh, Austin Lodge number 128 ended up uh, oh. suffering a <laughs> a catastrophic fire right oh, and yeah. uh, uh, in that fire I got hurt uh, oh, I didn't know and that. yeah so we were Myself and a partner, um, we were on our, well, I can tell you, I was on my second bottle, and uh, my partner got there a little later, uh, but we were sent, we were kind of paired together, we got sent in to search an apartment uh, for a, uh, a person that um, I went to school with, mm-hmm. and um, that had not been accounted for, and long story short, uh, we ended up uh, having things go to uh, really bad, really fast, and uh uh, run out of air uh, and uh, ended up falling down a ladder about Ooh. 25, 30 feet headfirst into uh, Ouch. a crowd of firemen down onto the pavement. Yeah, so, I, I remember hearing about that. I didn't know that was you. That yeah, yeah. So that was me. And so anytime that I uh, 
had been around a Masonic Lodge, which I'd been up into that lodge way back in the day. I played on the pool table up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and everything. Uh, my sister was in Job's Daughters there. Uh, but anyway, so whenever I thought about going into a, 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 a Blue Lodge or anything, it just it just sent me into a tailspin with memories and oh, stuff. Yeah. And so um, it was probably every bit of – uh, 20 years before I could even set foot on that, that same sidewalk, um, uh, uh, before, you know, so anyway, so long story longer, um, I ended up, you know, moving to Danville, um, still stayed in the fire service and, um, uh, uh, I work up for Pike Township on the Northwest side of Indianapolis, um, mm-hmm. and have been there for a long time. And one of the brothers there told me one day, say, Hey, you kind of exhibit a lot of the traits of a Mason. Have you ever thought about it? And I, you know, I told him what had happened and everything, and I said it sounded cool. My family's big into it, but, you know, I just thought, like, based on my previous experience, it just, at that time, wasn't just something I really wanted to comprehend. So I took some time and uh, thought about it and everything and, you know, continued to talk to my friend Rick, and, uh, you know, I, I got into it, and then it was um, just off to the races, and I started to see how uh, – uh, the, the core values and the tenets of Freemasonry, along with Scottish Rite Masonry, mm-hmm. have uh, uh, really brought me, you know, closer to God and back to my family and kind of like were those rough ashlers that, like, built me again. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of how I ended up getting into Freemasonry and growing in it. Yeah, I remember that was one heck of a fire. We I was in Kokomo at the time with, uh, I guess, we saw, I saw it from Kokomo, the light. Yeah, because we were—I was driving down, you know, Stereo Nineteen down there, coming out of Kokomo, and I'm like, "What is that bright light?" And the closer I got, and I started seeing the smoke and everything. I'm like, "Holy crap!" We, I drove to the area. I couldn't get down the road or anything, but I'm like, "Holy crap!" That's the, and I, the only thing I knew at the time there was an arcade in the basement. I really didn't even know it was a lodge then. Yeah, I knew there's that arcade. I, I knew the guy who owned the arcade in the basement, basically the pool hall or arcade, whatever it was in yeah. the bottom of it and everything. I'm yep. like, oh no, that place is on fire. So I sat out there for a good three or four hours and it was a it was an inferno. It was a yeah. sight to see. You know, my I got a lot of family in the fire department down in Missouri and dad was in it, grandpa was in it back in the day and everything. And and fire is always kind of fascinating. Never wanted to be a fireman, but they, <laughs> watching the fire right. works fascinating. But it yeah. is. I've been at, like at it now for a total of almost twenty eight years. Uh, uh, next month will be twenty eight years uh, with about 20 almost 25 being full-time yeah. um and then uh, like been a paramedic for about 25 years and uh but it's been great i mean and and when i got in the fire service i never realized how many brothers are in the fire service oh, yeah. and so that was really helpful um but yeah it's just been a, a phenomenal thing and then um got into the scottish right not long after i uh got raised uh, in the blue lodge and uh be- Went through all the chairs in the Blue Lodge. Uh, was a past master in 2017. Okay. Um, st- still spend a lot of time in my Blue Lodge, um, and now I'm uh, I'm in the council line at the Scottish Rite in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, I heard and, about that. Yeah, so I love doing that. Um, and part of the the journey that I've had uh, with life and in general, and that really explains how. Freemasonry has really put me back together. They, uh, I wrote down one day and uh, gave it to a friend, and they ended up publishing it in uh, 
the Double Eagle magazine for the Scottish Rite this last spring. Oh, awesome, uh, man. I didn't know that. Yeah, so it was a uh, – it's it's a down and dirty, like, in-your-face kind of, like, truth to oh, me. Yeah. Um, and But it explains, like, how, you know, the, the lodge you can – continue to, to build yourself, um, uh, you know, spiritually, ev- everything about you. And just, uh, you know, as we go through those degrees in the Blue Lodge and uh, you learn about different things and, and you learn the true meaning of brotherhood. And then as the years pass, I mean, you really just, you really learn it. I, oh, yeah. I don't have any other way to put it. Um, the, it's just, it's just beautiful. I love, I love everything about it. Uh, wouldn't change it. And, uh, I wouldn't change the, you know, the tough experiences I've had to go through from work, but they've definitely brought me out on the the good side of the dark Valley, you know? So, yeah, I was been, recently back up at Tipton, uh, late, or for the last state of meeting, I guess last month in June, uh, just had me in, in, I had to go up there for a sudden doctor's appointment. And so the state of meeting, Jim Ward, uh, past master of Austin lodge, uh, lodge up there. He said that you were in the in the Scottish Rite uh, uh, council line and everything, and said that you wrote an article. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to check it out because I, I uh, I'm no longer in the Scottish Rite. I had to take a demit from there because I was never able to be active in it. And at the time, the, the dudes were just too much, and I can handle and everything. But someday yeah. I'll get back into it. But right now, I just I'm concentrating on Blue Lodge and trying to get the best I can on that. But <laughs> yeah, hey, and you know, I uh, uh, I was a member of the Shrine for a little bit. I think I listened to something of. Uh, one of your guys not too long ago, uh, and it talked about all the um, um, appendant bodies and everything. And mm-hmm. you know, you can just you can get into so many different things. Oh, and know. you know, and like each appendant body is, is is an amazing world in and of itself. Yeah. But uh, for me, my journey really revolved around more of the uh, the uh, the Blue Lodge and then in the Scottish Rite. And right. recently. I spent about a year and a half or so uh, doing the Hograd Academy, which is a new program that they've started uh, probably within the last couple of years. And what it is is you go through, uh, there's three different phases. You learn about all the degrees. You study every degree. You take some quizzes on them. And then it involves a lot of writing. And since I write in crayon, it took me a lot <laughs> of practice. Well, and, you graduated uh, from Tipton, Oh, man, so that's, that's a, a joke I want to make. That's my, that's, <laughs> I like this guy already. That's usually a joke that I make. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to give him I'm gonna, try race I'm gonna give him a little laughter on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, and then that, the second part of it, you write about nine of the degrees in uh, – you pick one at a time and you write about a three page essay on each one and, and like what it means to you and all these things. And then the very end of it, you write a, it's a college level research paper, which I'm, I like, uh, I'm like, Oh my God, it's been 20 something years since I've even thought about writing one of these, but Oh my gosh, it's crazy. And so I'm like, these guys are like really smart lawyers and doctors and theologians and everything like that. that are going to read this. And oh, here yeah. I am just a, just a glorified, you know, Xbox player. And, <laughs> um, but, uh, I wrote it and you write about something that means something to you in the Scottish, right. That actually is like a legit full blown research paper. And what oh, I wrote wow. about was the, the origins, uh, or, or like a little bit of about the cathedral in Indianapolis and yeah. studied it and different parts of it and some of the history about it. And 
that um, I think when I was done, it was around 20 something pages, give or take. And it was not done in one sitting. It was a long time to write it. But this guy's writes a beautiful. And, and yeah, for again, for all of our listeners, because, uh, you know, we're uh, we're picking up downloads worldwide. It ain't yep. just it ain't just Hoosier based anymore, baby. It's global. Yeah. But uh, for, for those of you that have never been, get in your Google machine. And look at that. And, ain't, and, ain't, and it's not just Freemasonry related. No. It's architecture related. One of the Absolutely. 10 most beautiful buildings in the world, oh, yes. and I'll die on this hill, is the Scottish Rite Cathedral in Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, yeah. Just is- absolutely, absolutely beautiful building. Oh, yeah. You're no there was, building. There was a, you know, and we did some, some rites on the road here recently where we go yeah. out into the Blue Lodges and, and everything, and it's so cool. Uh, I got to go to some lodges I'd never been to before. Like one of them was in Anderson, mm-hmm. and it was one of the coolest buildings for uh, that I've ever. Oh, Mount Mariah got to be into. over there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pyramid. That's, that lodge is pretty Pyramid. Big. It yeah. was beautiful in yeah. there, and uh, the new, the, like the new lodge in Tipton. That place obviously has um, uh, got a special spot in my heart, right? Oh, yeah. And um, a lot of the people that are there, and um, and are still there, yeah. and. What's the uh, small lodge again? New London Lodge. Adam Nelson's Lodge. Yeah. That's the one where you said I could take three steps and be in the east? You could be from north to south in about three steps. That's a small building. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, there was one, too. It's over by, I want to say, Cagle's Mill or something up by Lafayette or somewhere up that way. That it, It's in a really old building, like, out in the middle of the wood. It's so cool. Uh, by Lafayette? I just saw or Or out that way by Delphi Lafayette, out that way. Uh but it was really neat. I've seen some pictures. Um, some guys went and did a um, a ceremony there. I think like a master mason or something. Yeah. And, um, but it was so cool. Did you and, see? Did either one of you guys see some of the pictures that like Tyler Whitaker and Randy Seipel and yes, Roger? Yes. They did the uh, the uh, farmers lodge. Yeah. The, uh, the farmers lodge. Yeah. 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 yeah did yeah. uh, uh, that Rainbow Girls camp? That's where they meet their lodge. Yeah. That's the what Roger. Them. I mean. Roger, actually, that episode wrapped in April, but Roger's still talking. Roger's still talking. Roger's still talking. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I saw uh, those pictures, and uh, I thought they had steps and you know places and everything. They just said everything on the floor and go at it. I'm like, that's great. Yeah, uh, I think that's uh, cool. That's so fascinating. Yeah, you know, it is. A lot of the stuff is awesome. Yeah, but yeah, uh, as far as Scottish Rite goes, uh, so you, uh, what is your position in the council? I know there's uh, what seven or eight. Uh, positions in that or well yeah there there is um i'm what's called the the, uh, the master of entrances which is like the the lowest spot in the line itself okay a steward uh, position in blue lodge basically uh, a tyler, really probably. or a tyler yeah yeah it's pretty it's yeah kind of like a steward type of troy thing, let me you ask know? you a question not to <laughs> cut you off but, but here we well. go he's gonna <laughs> he just say this morning well i gotta give you one of these and one of those. That's all. I love this guy. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. My ADHD kicks in, but now you got me interested. Uh, Pebbles Flintstone, what? Loyal Order of the Water Buffaloes. Who is the Grand Poobah for the Scottish Rite in the state of Indiana this year? Um, you would well, know. Well, we have a, uh, a uh, Tom Fallis is our um, executive director, but as far as who runs the meetings, that would be our – uh, TPM or thrice potent master, yeah. which is in charge of the the um, Adirondack Lodge of Perfection. Yeah, and his name is Bob Huken. I don't know Bob. 
Tom Fallis, I've seen on Facebook. Yeah, I'm not. Tom's get, awesome. We need I'm, to get with I've him. Tom several times. So okay, continue. Uh, this is going to happen off and on throughout the episode. Yeah, just he, be forewarned. He's interrupting. <laughs> it's comedy podcast with a little bit of Freemasonry <laughs> thrown in. That's what it is. Well, that's why people go, right? That's I mean, right. Laugh and have a good time. That's right. right. So yeah. okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Proceed. Uh, Proceed. I forget even that now, Troy. To be honest with you. He was asking about the positions, the grand entrance, guardian of the entrance, the Tyler, the steward joke I made. Okay. That's so, where we were. Um, well, what, let me ask you, what got you into the Scottish Rite? You just thought that, that was the next step, or York Rite didn't apply uh, to you? or Well, you know, like what? the York Rite was really big on my in my uh, family on my father's side. They went through a lot of that. Uh, probably um, one of my buddies that was another fireman um, got me into the Scottish Rite, and it was closer, and okay. I and like at the time I didn't know where York Right body was, and I just I wanted to learn more and more, and uh, I wanted to meet you know different people, and you know, and then so I could take some of those those things from those different brothers that I've met down there, and come back to the Blue Lodge and just kind of enjoy my Blue Lodge brothers, and you know everything to me is. I'm going to speak for myself. That's all I can do mm-hmm. is everything to me relates back to my blue lodge right. period. Yeah. Everything. No higher degree is there than a master Mason in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of brothers believe that too, but um, you know, they asked me, I had to go through this or I didn't have to, but I, I was picked to, uh, to go through like an interview process when I applied to be an officer. And, and one of the questions that they asked me was, is why do you want to be an officer? And, and I'm sitting on like an interview board with a bunch of 33rds and really, really well known and people that have got a lot of, for lack of better words, street cred and Freemasonry. Yeah. And and um, I just had to be honest and throw my uh, who I am out there. And uh, the it was just just to help and be a part of something bigger than me. That was a lot of it. And mm-hmm. some um, that's I don't have any other. I mean, there's. I mean, there's no other thing that I'm after other than just to be a part of something bigger than me and to, to grow in another aspect of Freemasonry. And somebody asked, you know, well, is it because, you know, uh, like um, like somebody asked about like the 33rd or something and thinking like, well, just because you go through the line, does that mean you're going to get it? And I'm like, no. I haven't even thought about that. No. And I haven't. Um, it's, uh, I think it's wonderful and amazing that they give that, um, award to some amazing people, but oh, yeah. why I'm there is to is just to be of service to somebody and to give back to an organization that once you read the article or I could talk about it more, but is you'll you'll truly understand why I believe in this organization so much from the youngest entered apprentice um, in the northeast corner of the lodge all the way up to the master yeah. and and everything in between and. Um, it just means so much to me and my family. Right. See, I didn't know that your dad was a Mason. I guess yeah. I, does he belong here at Tipton or? No, he belonged originally. He was in Kirkland. Okay. And then um, they uh, closed and joined uh, the lodge. It was in Sheridan. Yeah, Fidelity uh, in Sheridan. And then my dad took it to Mitt. And then when he found out that, that I was you know taking my degrees, he he joined uh, our lodge here in Danville to, to be there for when I got raised and he helped raise me. Okay. So uh, he helped, you know, he was there and everything. And 
that meant a ton to me, oh, and yeah. even more so now than it did. It meant a lot then, but now exponentially more. So mm-hmm. he was there. My uncle was there. Um, they presented me with my grandpa's Masonic ring. Oh, that's awesome. Um, at that at that uh, moment, and I still and, and you know when one of my boys, if they decide to go through it, yep. which I hope they do, um, but I'm you know they have to find that on their own. I think. Oh, um, yeah. But uh, well, as long as they know I, about it, that's a, oh yeah, 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 and they see what I do, and and you know the, the the friendships we make. The other day at the airport in Florida, when I was down there, uh, I sat in a chair, and next to me was a very high-ranking officer of a police department, and we shook hands masonically because he had like a masonic hat on, and. Mm. And, and he's like, my brother. And like, he like gave me a giant hug and his wife looks at him like, why are you hugging this random dude? And this is really weird. And, uh, but it's just been amazing. The the journey has been, it's just, uh, I'll send you my article in your messenger, um, okay. here after we get done. Um, well, let's, yeah, let's, go ahead and, well, let's go ahead and talk about that, uh, Troy. I know, uh, cause, um, Jim Warner tell me about it and I don't want to speak for you or anything. Cause I know, uh, it was a pretty serious article from what I understand. I haven't read it yet, of course, but why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know, just talk about the article and everything. Okay. So what it did was, is, um, uh, reason I wrote it was because, uh, a couple of years ago, probably, well, I could tell you the day after Christmas. So December 26th of 2020, um, I was on a plane to go to a, uh, treatment facility in Florida um, just north of Fort Lauderdale a little ways to enter into a program that specializes in the treatment of first responders uh, that are going through issues as pertaining to like uh, PTSD, anxiety, depression, alcoholism, and those types of things. So what it had happened um, was through the years, uh, through my uh, through my career, uh, uh, firemen and, and like other police officers and first responders, we don't talk about the stuff we see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we bury it, and uh, we do. Last thing we want to do is look weak, um, uh, and that's the last thing that it is. And for all these years, I would have nightmares and flashbacks. That fire in Tipton being one of them, oh, yeah. that would pop up every once in a while, and uh, different things involving like pediatric deaths or shootings or all sorts of different, um, you know, dismemberments and things like that. And, uh, a lot of survivor's guilt from, from victims that, you know, you beat yourself up. Like if I would have turned left inside of this uh, apartment, um, maybe I would have found this girl faster instead of going right. And, Uh, you know, and that's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that, that, you know, that, that really plays onto your head. And, um, so with times being a medic, I mean, it's just a ton of things. And so the last thing I wanted to do was look weak to it. So I tried everything I could do to try and help the situation. And um, it was a slew of things. I'm not going to get into them, but it was a bunch. The only thing that ended up working was, is I just, I drank like a fish on my days off. And that's oh, just wow. what, that's what it boiled down to. So I, uh, I would wake up uh, just on the floor, uh, just, surrounded by you know like uh, beer bottles and i was just str- i was struggling yeah no way i mean i was fine when i was at work but i would live for seven o'clock so i could come home and when everybody was gone i could i could you know kind of set myself right a little bit and 
the problem was is that 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 wasn't helping no and it did for the short term but not the long term and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and what i ended up doing was being a terrible person and i did a lot of yelling and screaming and i hurt uh, the people that i love the most which was my family and my coworkers. and they got to be on the like the receiving end of a lot of my anger and um so one day i finally made that phone call which is the hardest thing i've ever had to do uh at like three in the morning just just uh, honestly just crying my eyes out and uh so i ended up down there uh while i was down there um i i uh, ran into two masonic brothers uh both uh one of them, I was just outside one day reading my Blue Watch book and Bible, and he came up and said hello, and we hit it off. One of them was my therapist, or like one of my therapists, and then another one was a person going through the program with me. And uh, I lived in a space solely for first responders, and that's the only people I dealt with. And then the people that uh, were our, for lack of better words, like therapists or whatever, they were also first responders or former first responders. Okay. And so they were able to, and that was with military, cops, firemen, EMS, that kind of thing, dispatchers, right. corrections people, that kind of thing. And so they were able to give me about 10,000 different kinds of treatments uh, that I could talk for four hours on, but I won't. <laughs> but I will tell you that um, they, gave, they gave me my life back. And those Masonic values... They were exhibited to me even when I was at the darkest point in my life where I had no other place to put my trust other than the hands of a faithful brother. Mm-hmm. And and so and I really, really just gravitated to that. And so combine that with everything. Uh, now I'm back to work. Obviously, I came back. I was there for about 30-something days uh, and uh, came back, got back to work, uh, still back on the engine. Um uh, is a lieutenant. I'm in charge of a, a station um, and a crew, uh, and uh, so that's really what uh, the article talks about: is how masonically those 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 values of toleration, justice, faith, hope, love, charity, all these things helped rebuild me. Each one of those bricks put me back together and stronger than ever. And uh, like I haven't had a drink since December 16th of 2020, and nor do I want to. Um, that's uh, that's impressive that's that's congratulations on that oh yeah and so i take a lot of pride in that Uh, (laughs) thanks but you know it's just that was the mechanism um of how i that and and i know i'm not alone in this a lot uh first responders and and military and ems a lot of us that's found that's the common denominator on what a lot of us have had to cope used to cope with because you know we didn't want to take all of these memories and these things and these experiences to the people that we love the most like our families and and shatter them so uh we just held it and we sure as heck couldn't go to at least in our mind we couldn't go to our our co-workers or our bosses because we didn't want to be seen as being weak we didn't want to get pulled off of work from a job that we loved yeah so it just took uh it just a lot of help from the good man above and and some some trusty brothers and a family that believe it or not still love me um and uh you know and like my brothers from the lodge not one of them judged me not a single one of them did and that was amazing and so that's kind of like 
where a lot of my passion even got uh, like a little nitro boost, you know, to it um, was going through that. And, you know, it was like I was uh, uh, just going through my degrees again, but I, I was able to put a, a modern day kind of feel to it, to the to the test that you get, you know. So right. that's that's kind of where it goes. And um, so I figured if I don't hold uh, some of my story back or if I can put myself up on the altar a little bit that maybe some other, you know, guy or gal that's going through something, they don't, you know, they don't have to, you know, do that ultimate um, decision of taking their life. And I married mm-hmm. three of my coworkers that have done that. Oh, and, yeah. um, um, and that sucks. And uh, there's no other way to put it than that. Sorry, that's probably not, you know, a podcast. Uh, no, 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 Troy. Absolutely. That is, there, that is okay. Uh, that, cause that actually, uh, kind of leads me into a segue here uh <clears throat> i told you you interrupt us <laughs> oh shut up <laughs> it's half my show uh <laughs> All right. did you um and there's a reason i'm gonna ask you this did you find it hard to reach out and talk to brothers about this the, re- uh, the reason the reason i asked before you answer is because uh uh, the last episode Todd and I just just did uh, before we started uh, rolling tape with our guest, I had talked about a a brother who had previously reached out to our show before a fan of our show. His life is uh, in the proverbial crapper right now. Him and his wife is is splitting. She's taking the kids, refusing to let him see him. Uh, he's dealing with all kinds of mental health, and uh, I've been down that road. Like I have really, really been down that road. And uh, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying the brother's suicidal, but some of the signs are there, and that was one of the reasons he reached out to me because I'm a survivor of suicide, Uh, and he, he, you know, he was just like he goes, I don't even know how to talk to anybody about. He was messaging me at six o'clock this morning, which means if he was messaging me at six o'clock this morning when I was waking up, he'd been up all night alone dealing with some demons. Oh yeah. And he goes, I don't have anybody to talk to. So for whatever reason, he reached out to me and Todd. Well, I guess it was just me. He messaged my page, not our page. So he, uh, and he goes, I don't know how to approach this with my brothers. He goes, and I'm like, if if you can't talk to a brother, like, then what what are we, what are we doing? So I guess what I'm asking you and, you know, sorry for being long winded. Did you find it hard to, to talk to your brothers about something like this? Um, I'm going to answer a little bit yes, and but more so I'm going to lean probably like 49% yes, 51% no. And so that's a really political answer right there, right? So, <laughs> that was a yeah, good answer. Like that's huge. Or, I don't know. Huge. huge. But, I have the best answers. <laughs> that's, a terrible, that's a terrible Trump, by the way. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But uh, So the reason that it was, let me give you the reason that it was, is because my brother's here or like in my lodge and everything they like everyone else i 100 percent hit the demons that i was battling every day for years 100 percent hit them from everybody my family included and until it almost took me yep and then um which i never wanted to do the ultimate decision nor did i really think about it but mm-hmm. i tell you what what i did think about is the way that the amount i was drinking um it was I would have not been surprised if I didn't wake up from it, you know, because it was, it was a ridiculous amount. And 
So I'm, I'm very blessed to still be here, right? So, so the part that I think that it was hard is because I didn't want to lose their, their view of me and their eyes. I didn't want to be shamed. Now, here's the part that was not hard is because they know of, that I wear my, my feelings on my sleeve sometimes, much to a fault, which is why I consider myself to be more politically truthful than politically correct. Yeah, that's uh, true. But, and so, and that can get me into trouble when I'm just like, that's my opinion, I'm going to tell you. Right. Uh, but they, I knew that, like, they would have they would have never voted me into that lodge if they didn't believe in me or think I was a good person. That's this right. Is, and so, um, they would have never put me there. And so, I knew that when I finally made that decision to tell, to tell them that they would be accepting of it because there are vets in my lodge and they have... Yeah. They know people, right? Uh, like my lodge had at that time was a, ve- a very uh, uh, a lodge with a lot of older members. Now we have a lot of younger members too. So um, um, uh, uh, anyway, so yeah, it was it was hard, but it wasn't hard. And when I finally told them, um, that made it so much easier. Does that make sense? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. And they said, "You do what you got to do." They said, "You know." You call me anytime, day or night. You 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 always have a home here. We will take care of the 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 um, wife and kids, which many of them did call and check on them while I was gone. Yeah. Because that's what we do, right? right? So it's just I mean it's just that simple. If it was shovel in the driveway, if it was uh, like my wife's boss, uh, who who was not a mason, but they and their thing, they took up a collection. They had groceries delivered to her because they knew that she was busy with the kids. So they just delivered groceries. For for those, uh, for those listeners, if you go back to January, I think it was episode nine. Maybe Todd and I did probably the rawest, most real episode we've done to date. Besides our ruffians episode last month, (laughs) uh, we are two months ago, whenever it was, we did, uh, something called entitled mental health and charity where we, second or third episode no that was episode nine it was right before founders day that's true right before founders day so it was back in january where we opened up and uh we we bared no bones talking about mental health and uh the bounce back game i know this is a freemasonry podcast but i mean everything intersects at some point the the bounce back game is is such beautiful you you know i've i've told everybody uh, I believe once you uh, once you attempt to take your own life and you fail at that, I believe you have to learn how to live life all over again. Oh, yeah. And that's that's how I've learned to deal with it. I've had to completely, and uh, I am almost in February. It'll be five years in February. Five, you know, and so it's basically four and a half years now. I am I am not that person anymore. I'm right. a better person for having failed and survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still sometimes get down on myself and look at my past self as a little bit of a coward, as a coward's way out. But well, I text you a lot too, so you don't get down on yourself. Well, yeah, you never answer the phone though. Yeah, I'm a busy man. I got three kids. You got two. You know what's up. Yeah, but I live with my wife. <laughs> but I got two that I know of. <laughs> but, might be some little skinny kids running around tips that we don't yeah, know about. But the the bounce back is is something truly remarkable, and it's. You know, you're sitting here saying, you know, I'm sorry for getting so in depth to this, but it's oh, stories no. like yours 
I'm not going to say stories like mine because somebody because I'm going to be humble and not. I don't think I'm helping anybody. Maybe I am. I mean, if that brother's texting me at six o'clock in the morning, you help somebody. Oh yeah, absolutely. But but it's stories like yours that that help people and help people see things. I mean. No, not everybody's got a gun barrel in their mouth. Some yeah. people might have a gun bo- or a, 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 a beer, a beer bottle to their bottle. head. I mean, some people might have a needle in their arm. You know, whatever it is, whatever your vice is, whatever your choice is. But it's stories when you confront them and you win and you're yeah, out here I mean, helping people. Oh, yeah, that's the victory well, right there. That, exactly. Well, that makes you stronger the, the more that you – it's tough. I mean – it's tough of like uh, to talk about some of these things, and and I know it is for you too. For whatever, when you talk to somebody and you say, "Here's what I was going through," blah blah blah, that hurts every I, time. I pissed a lot of people off the first year, February fourth, twenty nineteen, is when this happened. February fourth of twenty twenty, that first year, I pissed a lot of people off that first year because <laughs> I cracked a lot of dark humor jokes. Oh yeah, and people's right. like, "You can't joke about that," and I'm like, "Listen." I survived this right now. This is part of my coping process. So right. no, yeah. I'm, I shouldn't make jokes and it might offend you, but this is how I'm healing myself. Oh yeah. And right. some, and you know me, Todd, Troy doesn't, you know me. Yep. Some mm-hmm. of my humor is pretty dark and twisted. Yeah. That was how I was coping. And, and maybe it's not sure. right to somebody that did lose somebody. Right. And I, yeah. and I should take that into consideration, but I was concerned about my own healing. Sure. But, Absolutely. And it's like they always say, know, know your crowd. You know, yeah, you yeah, I mean? and I and I'm guilty of being oblivious, yeah. and and you know, so yeah. Well, one of the reasons why I joined Lodge after my grandfather died, I saw the Masonic service, and before my grandfather, before I joined Lodge, I was drinking every night, and there was pills involved, and there was, you know, there, I was just I was ruining my life. I wasn't I was working, but that's I was just working to have a good time. And then he joined the grotto, and they drank a lot in the grotto. <laughs> I was a different person then. But once once I got, I'm drinking the- diet coke with you. In fact, I'm doing that right now. Diet so Mountain Dew by the two liter. Check our that other Masonic yeah. podcast TikTok page. Yeah, but it, it, it joining Masonry gave me a it gave me a set of rules of how to follow. Now you know the no drinking thing in lodge whatever. Don't matter. I mean, I still drank, but it wasn't to the extent I was right. doing it then. I, then I was like, okay, I, I had to learn to, to control myself now. How not to be intemperate and take everything to excess. I can have a drink, doesn't hurt anybody, but to take it to excess where it hurts yourself, hurts people around you. To see that they do not convert the purpose of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it gave me that role. And that's what kind of, it brought me back into kind of my real life. Because, you know, every night drinking, you know, a 12-pack or a case of beer at night. And then get up next morning with a headache trying to get through the day. And once yep. I stopped doing that, man, my life got exponentially better. Hey, Todd. Yes, Jared. I turned 36 yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I August 36. 5th. <laughs> yeah. They're hearing this weeks later, but yesterday, <laughs> as we're recording today, would have been August 5th. How many beers you have? You know what I learned now? Hangovers are a lot, which I didn't I didn't drink. I had the kids this weekend. Right. I don't drink a lot anymore. Yeah. On occasion, I do. You know what I've learned? As I've gotten to the, as John Conley said, the great country music poet, on the backside of 30, uh, hangovers are a lot worse yes. than what they were when we were in our 20s. Oh, yeah. Well, you know you're getting old when you you have too much sugar. You got a couple brownies before you go to bed. You wake up with the headaches. Worse than the hangover you ever had. 
That's what I go through now. I think I speak for all three of us. You guys are, of course, you know, you're you guys are a little bit older than me, being thirty six. But like, that makes me feel good. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but you guys know what I'm saying. Hey, a you hangover, you're older than I am. A hangover in your twenties, you get up next morning like, screw it. You pop one anyways. You get ready to start the second part of your weekend. Uh-uh. A hangover here in the late part of your thirties or your forties, you're like, I'm dead for like two days. I'm just laying on the couch. You just lay on the couch. <laughs> shut the blinds. Keep the kids quiet. Turn the TV down. Uh, we got old. We all three got old. I mean, I just, I never, I never craved drinking. That's the one thing about me. I never craved it. I just did it to have a good time and everything like that. I was always having a good time. So I think that's one thing that saved me too. Is I was never really. I never woke up thinking, I want to drink. I want to drink right now, where, you know, some guys do. You, you know, you guys will probably hit on this, and this might this might upset some listeners, and I'm not trying to. But you talk about you this will. fraternity mm-hmm. teaches us about temperance and avoiding excess and, and excess. Keep ourselves in due bounds. But and- you think about, especially the environment we're in, which is not not Indiana, but the Midwest in general, yeah. Is known for being a lot of predominant alcoholics. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking a stab at anybody. Don't nobody yeah. take this the wrong way. But so many guys were in here and were taught about that. But yet, you see so many of these guys going out and getting sloshed every night of the week. And yeah. it's like, I mean, there's a direct correlation there between what we're taught, and yet you're still like. And I'm not. God, I'm not thrashing anybody here i don't want it to come off that way but like right at me when you say that i'm just you got beautiful eyes that's why i make eye contact with you You blue green whatever but i mean you see what i'm saying you see what i'm getting at like well i mean i got a cousin up in north dakota he said there's nothing north dakota but alcohol (laughs) i mean it's it's where you're at everything what you do but i mean if that's one thing freebay taught me is that you don't have to drink to excess you drink have a drink if you don't like that, drink, drink some more. I crave diet, but I do more than I ever crave alcohol. I don't. I done lost my focus of what this episode yeah, was going to be about, but it's going to be a good one. <laughs> well, I knew Troy's on there. I knew he he had you know had some had some fought some demons and won. I kind of want to have him on for that. After that, I didn't, I didn't <gasps> tell you everything. I already got this episode's title in mind right now. Oh boy! Bear, hold on, Troy. Hold on. Bear your soul. Semicolon. Bare bones. Freemasonry. No, not one of your best ones. Oh, sorry. I usually am in charge with titling the episodes. Yeah. And Todd will give me a thumbs up or a thud down. Yeah, like all I know is Mongo Break Rock. That's about all. I love that. Mongo Break Rock. Uh, Blazing Blazing Saddles. Mongo. I can't even quote my favorite line from that movie. No, you can't. (laughs) You know which one I'm talking about. No, you cannot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this episode just went off the rails. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's all been good. It's um, everything has been, you know. And and I was, uh, I'll tell you, I was really humbled to get a, a message from Todd to, to ask if I'd even entertain the idea. And I'm like, going, these guys want to hear it from me? Really? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. And so. Uh, well, we still want to hear from all the important people in our lives, even though Todd and I are big time now. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, big. yeah, like we're kind of a big deal. I mean, yeah, we're something, all right. <laughs> but, it's uh, a big deal, but but yeah, true. I knew, I you know, I I figured you'd be in a firing for the last twenty, almost thirty years now. You're always 
even when high school, you're involved with the volunteer fire department and the right. you know you want to be a paramedic back then. And you think about so that though. I always thought you know it's you know I always knew you're a good you're always a good guy. I always knew you had a you well, had really high morals. I mean, I never had any any problems you ever. Going through school or anything. I mean, my guy, how many times do you tape my ankles with football? What's what's he do for a profession? <laughs> He's a, he helps the community, right? right. Yeah. I but give yeah. them a lot of medicine, so I don't, you know, so they'll quit crying. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he, his profession, he <laughs> helps people you. in his yes. community. Absolutely. But yeah. yet, what he does in his free time... He's a part of the biggest fraternity in the world that's designed to do what? Help people in their community. That's right. Like, yeah. like you were bred for – maybe that's what I call it, bred for Freemasonry. Maybe that's what you are. You're bred maybe. for this. Yeah. I was something. Something like and, that. Uh, we'll figure it out later. <laughs> we'll get that one in right. post. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll figure it out right. in post-production. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. I think what you guys are doing is just absolutely phenomenal. And, and why I think it – one reason I think it's really cool is because, you know, you're able to take technology that um, a lot of the, like, older brothers are, you know, learning the, to, like, accept and everything yeah. with the Internet and everything. And, you know, you're able to play to a crowd that's like, we want more people to come into the lodge and be, be a part of something big and, and good and, and wholesome. And they're like, they got busy lives. So, but, like, you know, if we can hit them on a, a podcast or an internet article or something while they're, you know, they're, you know, just somewhere out and about and they can listen to it. I think it's awesome. You know, Troy, I'll I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you a story. Here we go. No, no, this I'm, I'm being legitimate. I'm being, uh, I posted about this on, uh, on my Facebook page and I kind of posted about it on our, on our group Facebook page the other day, but you know, I met Todd in October of 2021, my grandfather passed yeah, away in September. Uh, I'd been away from Lodge for like eight years. I went to work night shift. You've heard the story. You've heard the podcast. You know. But the point being, Todd's like, let's do a Freemasonry podcast. He goes, you got podcast equipment? I'm like, yeah, I got this other show that sucks. Nobody listens to it. <laughs> I was like, he's like, well, let's do a Masonic podcast. I'm like, dude, nobody listens to Freemasonry podcasts. Like, I do. And Todd's like, oh, I do. You should check out this. And I'm like, okay, Todd, whatever. I'll check him out. I did check them out for a couple months. Then I finally did, and then I got hooked on three or four favorite ones. But uh, Todd could sell life insurance to a dead man. No, I can't. He can sell. Mm-mm. He can sell dirt to a ditch digger. He can sell an ice cube to an Eskimo. So we did a I soft a release. Salesman. I didn't even have us a hosting site set up or nothing, and it was so apropos because I accidentally terrible. deleted the episodes. <laughs> Thank God. And then we 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 launched again. We started recording again in September of last year, October, waited about a month and a half, released the episodes, and it took off. And I knew that something good was going on when we'd only been out there like two months, and then Todd goes, let's go to Founders Day. And I said, that's dumb. And then Todd reached out to Grand Lodge and like, we would love to have you guys come up Founders Day. He said they said they had heard about us. Well, that meant we were already making waves across the state, only being around two months, yep. or right. technically about a month, because you reached really? out to them about a month before. Yep. So we'd only been out a month. So in a month's time, we were already getting some sort of traction somehow across the state. And then it's like, hey, we want you guys to come up to Grand Lodge. And, and then it just started blowing up. Hey, we've got this Masonic convention coming up in October. We'd love for you guys yeah. to come be a part of it. Are you, uh, you hear about yeah. that, Troy, that Masonic con over I, Hope? I, I've got wind of it, yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, it's, for – It's amazing. Yeah, I what, like we're heading up for that. The highlight for me was 
Probably January, which I mean, obviously, every month we're getting better and it's getting bigger. The founder's Day, you got to meet the Grandmaster. But Grand Lance, no, it wasn't that I got to meet the Grandmaster. I mean, you know, I did my laundry in Huntingburg for six years. Gail oh, Kemp's past Grandmaster. He owns yeah. the laundromat. Right. It's no, not a big deal. Me, my point being is when Lance looked us both in the eye and what he said to us, that stuck with me. It stuck with me since January. He goes, what you got, two guys are doing for their fraternity across this state. He said, I really appreciate it. I'm and a- I'm like, this dude's checking out the podcast. <laughs> like, the Grandmaster just thanked us for two. I'm like, of all the Masons in the state of Indiana, the we're the ones guy. doing the podcast. Yeah. We're the ones getting a thank you. <laughs> of all the highly educated, of all the high, of all the Randy Disciples <laughs> and the Tyler Whitakers right. and the John Bridegrooms yeah. and all them got. It's us doing yeah. it. It's us doing it. <laughs> two hillbillies. Yeah, <laughs> like that was the highlight for me. So when people tell us that. Hey, we think you guys are doing a good thing. Like, I don't rest easy on that because I don't get a chance to do a lot of good things in my life. I make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> we all do. Uh, That's called being human. Yeah. Right. So to hear somebody say that, and then it just like this brother that reached out to me this morning. Yeah. He has family he could have reached out to. He has yeah. brothers in his own lodge he could have reached out to. He reached out to us. He's never met me or you in person. Nope. He just sent a message on our personal page a yep. couple months ago, and then he messaged me on my page today. Yep. Why us? It's huge. I know, but I know. I know. The biggest thing is me is you know being a mason. I've always wanted more freemasonry. I wanted. I mean, before I was you know married and everything, I was busy four or five nights a week up around Tipton, Kokomo, and then you know the grotto and everything like that. But I wanted more and more and more and more. Well, I discovered podcast, and now I found Freemason podcast. I'm like, well, this is scratches the itch right there. You're yeah. never going to let me live that down either. Oh, no, ever. No. I was like, that's stupid. Nobody <laughs> listens to Freemasonry podcasts. I did, because I, I, yeah. I wanted more Freemasonry. I wasn't getting enough, because I can't travel as much now as I used to. And look at us now. Right. Our yeah. numbers are as good, if not better, than some of the Scottish Rites podcasts they put up. That's why they'll never <laughs> let me join the right. The certain jurisdiction. The cer- yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's get, go ahead and wrap this up a little bit. We've been no, on, no, no, oh, no, no. How much time we got? We got four, you've been on forty nine minutes. Well, give him a chance. We didn't even ask him some of the questions. What okay. kind of idiot's been hijacking this show, taking all the time I, away? I know some fat guy. Uh, those know. are called the owners. <laughs> <laughs> the fat guy. The right, fat well, guy's been doing it. <laughs> if we're gonna start to wrap it up, we got to hit him with a few more questions. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so Troy, here, here's Todd and I suck at this. We're eventually going to get a printed format for interviews, but we keep saying that. What fun is that? What fun is that? (laughs) So, if you had to pick, and here's one we generally try to ask. You've met a lot of Masons in your life, but has there been certain brothers, if you could name a few, that have stood out to you, that have have played a huge impact in your Masonic journey. And you can't say me. And, and, and again, this is not a way to, you know, somebody's like, well, I heard you didn't mention me when you did this episode. No, no, it's not no, a way to slide one. anybody. Yeah. It's a way to let light shine on somebody. Uh, I'd say uh, the two that just really just stand out to me the most are my lodge secretary, whose name is John Ferguson. Y'all uh, secretaries. He, uh, he was – over a 50-year member. I mean, he's he's, he's almost at a 75. I mean, he's just... Oh, wow. Yeah, he, he's... And he still, he still hangs out with us like he's 25. Um, but uh, he's just great. Uh, just phenomenal. And he was one Isaiah will confide with. Uh, the other one that really stands out to me is uh, Randy Seipel. Um, God, I love Randy. Yeah, Randy's a great he, uh, 
you know, he's, you know, former first responder too. And, mm-hmm. uh, I just, uh, I just, I can't say enough what I think of that man. It's pretty, uh, it's just humbling. And so as far as the two that have been the most impactful in my Masonic journey, those would be the two that just extremely stand out. The other two that are big to me would be, uh, Jerry Maple from the Scottish Rite uh, I met down there, and then Tom Fallis, who's mm-hmm. who's also uh, a former first responder and and medical professional, and uh, he just. I'm gonna check my Facebook, Todd. I think I, I'm friends with Tom on Facebook. I, think I remember yeah, Tom. Yeah, Tom like was, he used to work for Lifeline way back in the day. So, did, um, didn't, uh, didn't Tom do something in the uh, 14th degree? I can't remember. Or wasn't he like George Washington? George Washington degree for a while. That being the twentieth, um, yeah. I'm not sure if he's ever done that one or not. But I know uh, I know the face now. I, I know he looks like, but I can't remember what all he did. That he, when I was when I was going there. Oh, I found there. Troy. I'm gonna send him friend request. Deny okay, deny it. You'll get um, all kinds of weird shit from him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're great. Those would be the definitely the first two, and then and then Tom and Jerry. I've got to get to know here over the last few years a little more, but yeah. definitely uh, Brother Ferguson and. Uh, Right, worshipful brother, uh, Randy Sive. That's my big fancy words. Of like, I think I said it right, but uh, but he's, uh, uh, yeah. I just really bond with him. There's just, there's just no two, uh, no. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> so, so I mean, I they just don't make the words. I I think, and yeah. I don't mean that in a cheesy way. I mean that in the most humbly respectful and admiration way. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I, I got some guys up there tipping to you, like. Well, Don Nesbitt, he since passed away. He was. He you talk did, about him a lot. He was one of the most annoying person you ever meet in your life. Like your co-host, worse. <laughs> but he, but every time I showed the lodge after he did, I, he would volunteer me for something. That's how. That's how I had to learn my work. Todd's famous quote on this show: "God dang it, Don, what'd you nominate me for now?" <laughs> I mean, I learned how to do third roughing five minutes before I had to give third roughing. So yeah. But guys like him and guys like Frosty Featherstone and Barrett Tipton. Oh yeah, Frosty's still there. Whoa, yeah, whoa, Frosty. whoa! You just don't, don't, don't what? keep talking like you're just gonna roll past that. Say that name again. Frosty Featherstone. Now that is Frosty. like the coolest name in Freemasonry. <laughs> well, his name's Forrest, but we, I've always referred to him as far as Frosty. Is it? Yeah, I is this guy still alive? It. Yeah, he's still yeah. alive. Is he got on Facebook? Yeah, I got a friend yes. request a guy <laughs> with a name like that. That's just yeah. But then you had uh, John Wallace up there, Path Grand High Priest of the chapter, I yeah. mean, which I didn't know he had Path Grand High Priest, Frosty. so I was at a uh, Goose and Taylor degree and found out. <laughs> you know, I mean, Frosty but fact. guys like that, I mean, you probably, every lodge has somebody like that. Any good lodge has people like that where they just guide you through and you don't even know they're even wow. doing the work half time. They got all the street cred in the world and they've been to the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. Right. They're just amazing yes. period and guys like that you just you just want to be around them i mean you can't help but yeah. enjoy their presence in a way you know absolutely and i know that when you talk about those guys at your lodge i, I know can't that find talk frosty about. look up forest featherstone <laughs> oh i typed in frost which i need to have frosty on here sometime he'd be a good interview <laughs> oh he'd be amazing i could only imagine i wish oh, yeah. i could know uh 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 25 percent of what he's forgot and oh, man i, I could know. write probably ten thousand encyclopedia volumes oh, I mean, yeah. the dude lives so in smart. tipton indian oh my god look at that mustache that's it he's got south central it. tipton yeah well yeah, <laughs> yeah south central tipton south, right. central tipton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> you ever get back home tipping very much anymore? I do. I go up there. I still am like a an honorary lifetime member of the volunteer department up there. And, okay. And I still go up there. Um, I help teach the classes here and there. All right. Usually the things I teach are uh, my giant mess-ups, so they don't have to <laughs> learn the same way I did. Don't fall off Which I got a lot of material for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, yep. uh, but a lot – you know, and then sometimes I'll help when they have, like, really, uh, really traumatic kind of runs as far as, like – bad car crashes or something and yeah. um you know kind of like just being someone to listen to a little bit here and there so right. so that's kind of what i do all right cool well so you so you want me to ask the question yeah okay do. so again. Todd, todd's wanting todd's kind of looking like we gotta wrap this no, up we don't have to i'm just saying you just well we got time okay well i'll wait i'll ask the question yeah then you gotta fill time then <laughs> All right, ask the question. Let's hear it. Okay, fine. This it, is the question. This might be a long interview, though. No. Question. <laughs> so there's no right or wrong answer, but if you follow the show, you know generally the question we close with. Eventually, we all are going to lay down our working tools. No one gets out alive. No one gets out alive. Oh, yeah. yeah. So when people think of you as a Freemason, what do you hope that your legacy in this fraternity is? What do you hope that you're remembered for when people think of you as a Mason? That's, oh, that's a tough question. I never really thought of that. There's no right or wrong answer, brother. Yeah. And you don't have to live with it. You could change it tomorrow if you wanted to. I could change it tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll just I'll just edit uh, it in post production. I'll put on the back end. Troy called in and said this is what he should have said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, updated post. version here. So I don't know. I think something that uh, I might be remembered for is it's uh, okay to be human, which and um, it's okay to fail. Uh, oh yeah. And so I think that to learn and to grow a necessary component in learning is failure sometimes. And uh, that helps keep you humble. That helps keep you honest. That helps keep your integrity, uh, all those things. But I would just, uh, the love of the fraternity and my, my, you know, my family um, and love of life. That's kind of where that's kind of stuff. I, if I had to say to be remembered for is are are those, but the biggest is don't be afraid to fail. Absolutely. I like that. It's that beautiful. I like it. Well, Troy, it has been a pleasure having you on. I mean, we, I apologize. Better. I hijacked the show. Yeah, you, you tend to do that. We know. <laughs> why, well, do people, why do people still listen to us? I don't know. <laughs> it's got to be for your good looks, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My awesome voice. You got the face for radio. What can I say? I do have a face for radio. <laughs> yeah, I always liked when I would work in that. Uh, the, the downtown part of Indianapolis in different parts of my career and I would go on runs and people would say you're not from Indianapolis are you and I'm like no no I'm not <laughs> no I'm <laughs> so, not <laughs> they're like where are you from and I said well I grew up in the middle of a lot of cornfields they a said, lot okay, of cornfields yeah a lot of cornfields that's all mm-hmm. the whole state is not like Tidman County what do you no. mean you live in the southern part of the state there's more down here than there is up north not really but, no. There's not. We still have some gravel roads up there. We don't have trees. Oh, well, there's that. 
Ted, what do you what do you mean Ted you don't have, don't have a whole lot of trees? Because the tornadoes blow them down. Well, the place sucks, but <laughs> yeah. Thanks for letting me um, you know talk to y'all. I really appreciate. It. I really do. We uh, honestly, in all joking, we yeah. appreciate you coming on oh, talking about you and you opened it. up. And I don't know what I'm going to title this, but just the fact that you, we encourage everybody to share stories like that success stories of how hey i was on the brink of something pretty bad and look at me now yeah and if i could yeah, talk about so, it and help somebody i mean absolutely it, it, i'll tell you one help. last part Go ahead. is uh, i just came back last last sunday i took my fire chief down to florida uh to that facility because he a new fire chief to us and who's 100 percent on board with you know helping his people and everything and because yep. why does he you know, what's really, really cool is this guy and I shared hose lines and in, in my house fires and stuff here. We were partners, right? And so, yep. uh, and, uh, so we've known each other a long time and, um, but he really wanted to see what, uh, what it was. And so when we were there, got to see the, the team of folks that helped me. And one thing I did before I left was I showed the, the uh, people in charge of the program, um, a picture of my family and my boys and my wife. And I'm like, because of the work you do, you gave these kids their daddy back. Oh, yeah. And uh, you gave me the tools to be dad again and the husband again. And and I said, you know, because you guys see us at our worst and you don't get to see the outcome a lot. But I want you to know that you fixed one per or, or like you – you made a difference in my life oh, yeah. and these kids' lives. And so that's what helps drive me a little bit. So hopefully doing like what you did the other day, you never know on, on like how much you influence somebody until you get that random message out of the blue. Right. And right. that, that almost takes your breath away. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you're like going, Oh my God, uh, what do I do? What do I say? And, um, that's it just that's just what happens you know so yep. but that's awesome work that you guys are doing and i look forward to hearing more episodes and everything so yeah, we're not stopping now no, no we can't stop now it's done <laughs> caught fire there ain't no letting go i just posted on our facebook page that season three started recording and immediately likes started flooding in our notifications everybody's waiting on content Y'all love that. So. Well, Troy, we're gonna let you go get back to your wife and family now because that's what everybody okay. needs to know to do and uh, we'll, right. we'll talk to you down, down the road. Okay, that sounds good. I'll send you that article here shortly, too. Right, I appreciate okay. it. Yep, thank All you. Right, we'll see All you. right, see you, brother. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, uh, anyway, I've known that guy for a long time, and I would have never thought he would that he would have that kind of problem, but I'm, I'm glad he got it fixed. I know that for sure. That goes to show how much everybody's struggling, and we just and never know. Well, everyone's got to struggle, I mean, at some point. Everybody struggles somewhere. We have. I mean, I struggle. Hell, I get, I, I, you know, somehow I get through it. I mean, I don't have any tendencies to hurt myself or anything, but, you know, there are days when I'm down, but some days you're supposed to be down. And again, for those of you that want to go back and, and you like callbacks, go back to episode nine. Uh, it was released in January. It was right before the Founders Day episode. Yeah. Uh, you're never weak asking for help. No, no, we uh, opened up and bare our bones, and I don't. <laughs> this episode was all over the place, oh, and yeah, uh, all of ours are. Yeah. It's been a great night of recording. Yeah, we still got one more left. Got one more to go. I love these marathon sessions. Oh yeah. You know, I got asked by somebody, "Why do you and Todd? You know, you always say a marathon. What is that?" I said, "Well, 
26.3 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Todd and I are both super busy in life. Yeah. I said, and uh, it's not easy for Todd to break away from the wife and kids. So we kind of agreed and, you know, ordered to, to keep peace at home with mama and keep everything fine that we would do recordings. We would, we would get together and block off an afternoon or evening yep. and record three or four episodes at a time. Yep. And release them over the period of a month, month and a half yep, before helps. we got back together again. That way, it would, you know, that way it's not every week. We're so it's not together. every weekend where you know Todd's and like, "Baby, I got to leave," and then or I got to. Also, it's it's you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. So we look forward to getting together and doing these. Podcasts. I know. What did I text you this afternoon? You couldn't wait to get out. Of I here was like, I could not wait, man. This 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 oh, uh, break I, between I don't seasons. You're dropping your kids off. You need to slow the car down. Like, tuck it roll, kids. Tuck it roll. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get out of the car, kids. I got to go. <laughs> so, all right, man. Uh, Let's wrap this up, take a little break, and we'll get to the third guy. Well, before we do, can I add a little – can I just add a little something on to the end of this episode? Well, yeah, we got time. Do, you, do we got a little bit? We got a little bit. Uh, for Masonic Education. Yeah. It's a one-page piece of Masonic Education. Is it this one? No, it's this one. I thought it was this one. No, I'm going to save that one for our next state of oh, meeting okay. in September. All right. But what about this one? Well, that one looks good. This one uh, comes to us by a brother named Bill Fisher. I have no other information about Bill. I don't know if Bill's still with us. I don't know where Bill's from. Let's say where he's from. No, it does it not. It okay. just is simply entitled Dreams. Nice. Let's do it. This was printed from MasterMason.com. And this will be a nice little bow tie for this episode. It's called Dreams. You have passed your third degree, and you are now a Master Mason. So I ask you, now what? You have several choices in front of you. One, become an officer. Two, become proficient in ritual work. Three, move on to other degrees. Four, join one of the many other organizations only a Master Mason can join. Or five, slowly fade away like so many do, never to be seen or heard from except for dues time. There are other options, but these are the most prevalent. If you do the fifth choice in this list, you will never know any more about Freemasonry than you do right now. You will never be of any use to the fraternity, nor will the fraternity ever be useful to you. If you stay with one of the top four options, you will learn how a group can act as a team. You will see how much more the team can accomplish than just one person alone. This does not mean that we are not individuals. Masonry teaches free thinking, and this can only be accomplished through self-sufficiency. A determination to be free from all types of restraints is preferred. Free thinking will open your thoughts, your hopes, and your aspirations. You will be able to express yourself by using your head and embracing those ideas with your heart. What all this means is simply that you should Speak with your head, listen with your heart, and always follow your dreams. Nice. Nice. I'll just read the Troy's article. I'll make sure to send that to you. He took a picture of it. Yeah, let me. Yeah, I would mind to get it. I'll also post that on our. Uh, I was going to say, can you put. Is that something I'll, you can post on our Facebook I'll page? I'll post on our Facebook page also. I think it'd be a great article for everybody to read. Of course. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, 
Okay. But, All right. But yeah, let's wrap up. Let's this wrap episode, up. Uh, this has been a great start to season three. We are three episodes into season three, and episode four will be recording here in just a little bit. Yeah, definitely gonna be a little surprise. I know. So I, I don't. Yeah, I'm Todd. I don't know who the next <laughs> guest is. I just want to say this. So, all right. So, for Brother Todd. And for Brother Jared. Peace. Out.